All right. I'm, I'm excited to get down to it. Yeah. This is uh, something I've been needing to discuss for a while. And uh, the number of people I know who've seen it is is vanishingly minimal. Uh, or know the impact. For, you know, yeah. really appreciate uh, it. Well, it, it had a different kind of impact on my uh, Doctor Who loving sister, Ruth. Um, <laughs> Her name's Ruth? <laughs> Her name is Ruth. Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> so, she, she, I'm sure she loved it. She she loved that we, we now have Ruth's representation right. uh, in Doctor Who. So that was very exciting to her. But yeah, I mean, uh, the I'm just sort of catching up with all the, the fan theories uh, based on future the Jadoon. And it's, it's getting me a little more excited about it than I was when I saw it. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll get into it. We're gonna okay. we're gonna go fully into that. I'm not sure if this is the beginning of the show or not. I'm kind of want to experiment <laughs> a little bit. I should have done a little more is, prep. Is there ever is there ever really a beginning with anything Doctor yeah, Who related? I, I, you and know, you, the, we we are figuring out the new beginning right now with this episode, or maybe <laughs> I don't know. It's very strange, right. but mm. there's good theories. There's bad theories. We'll get to it all. All right, all right, everyone. You are of course coming in in the middle seemingly of a conversation about Doctor Who always here on Pull to Open um, the podcast In where yeah. <laughs> yeah the podcast where me Pete Paschal and me Christina like to dissect the do- the TV show Doctor Who just cuz just cuz we're those people who just like to do it with, um, with a special no, focus on on our love for the show and the things that make us love it um yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think I, we've fully kind of like said mm. why we're doing this, what our history is with the show. Like I used to watch it growing up, like every Saturday night and every mm-hmm. weekday, weekday night. Maybe we got over this in the first one, but it's particularly meaningful for me, particularly because it's you know it's been going on for so long. It's one of those rare shows that's older than I am, mm. um, and still going strong. So, but you know, it was. Uh, it was. It just seemed so freeform and also so. Um, organized in sort of its continuity in some ways that uh, I, I think, which is very relevant to this episode that we're going to talk about mm. tonight. Uh, I don't know. You just hit the sweet spot for me. Yeah, and and it's so so for me. It it has all that, and then it has the extra layer of my dad watched it, and there are there are so few shows that you can say that about. Like he was he was there in 1963 wow. when it started. He of course, was, he was. Yeah, he's got taste. I mean. <laughs> there he was in in Liverpool in '63, um, having failed to see the Beatles. Uh, oh in, wow! In in the cavern when he could have done, but he was there for for William Hartnell right from the start. Was he um, one of the guys who would record the audio of the shows? <laughs> which is I why. wish, I yeah. wish he had done that. Which is that, why that we have been... those audios now, at least. Because fans were good at actually recording the audio, so we we have the audio snaps of everything, even the lost episodes. I, I have listened to the the like BBC Radio Four documentaries that come out every time one of these new episodes is discovered, and they always talk to the the guy who had the tape recorder in you know the mid sixties pointed at the TV, and it just <laughs> I just find that so funny. Like, why would that even occur to anyone to do? But I guess people did. Yeah. I guess they did. I guess well, they were. I'm super glad they did. I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. We're able to get these animations and stuff now. Uh, you know, I haven't. I've. I've. I've been really bad about getting up to speed on those ones. So like mm. watching things like. Um, I think the, one of the latest ones is like the Underwater Menace or uh, 
Enemy of the World or something. Yeah. I watched uh, what was the first Troughton story? It was a Power of the Daleks. Power of the Daleks. They yeah. released that as an animated movie, and um, I, can, I, I actually went to the movie theater to see that one. Yeah, yeah, me too. Nice. And it was, I remember, it was right after the election of 2016. Oh, and just yes. that added to the uh, the air of, the palpable air of dread throughout that, <laughs> <laughs> throughout that story. Well, that's what, uh, that's what all of those old episodes banked on, because they had like, yeah. you had three episodes of kind of waiting for something to happen until something mm. happened, and you just really had to build the suspense. Yeah, but I, I feel like I, that gave me such negative associations with the animations that I didn't really uh, want to continue with them. Huh? Yeah, so. they took they took yeah, they're hit and miss. Mm. But mm. speaking of feelings of dread, if <laughs> everyone's gotten past them. Yes, we're going to uh, segue into current Doctor Who, and mm. one of the latest episodes, one of the most ambitious and perhaps upending of things episodes uh fugitive of the jadoon mm. which i think is the i want to say fifth episode of the season i don't know it is. yes sure. fifth episode and uh, wow all i gotta say is wow okay so i don't know how fifth you want to do episode, this uh, let's say fifth episode and third unmissable one i would right. say i feel like you right. have to watch the spy falls um, Which you can, then, you're counting as two, I assume. So that's one, two. Uh, yes, yes. So counting could, those as two. You could fast and, forward to this one. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, I got to say right off the bat, I did like this one better than the others. Um, I thought it's kind of even more ambitious in a way. And uh, I, I don't know. It just kind of worked for me. I thought the flow was good. I thought the dialogue uh, was very clever. Um, you know, it, 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 I thought Whitaker was great. And I think mm. by way of some of the device, like it was not perfect. I'll, I'll get into why it's there. There's real problems with it, but it's, it's, it's structurally, it really worked for me much more than, than the Spyfall ones. I, I think so. So speaking of the, the sense of dread that was unnecessarily added <laughs> to power of the Daleks, uh i i came to a fugitive of the jadoon spoiled oh wow uh, yeah that's interesting uh, a friend of mine who i shall not name uh published a uh completely spoiler filled article with spoiler filled headline and description that i saw on twitter spoiler filled uh, headline you know, can't do that yeah i mean no, i don't i don't know how I don't know how long after it was, so it was probably my fault because I did get I got so disillusioned by Orphan Fifty Five, was it? Uh, yes. That, that I then stopped there uh, for oh, for a couple of weeks. Waited I did not, too long. Yeah. Well, that'll do yeah, it. Yeah. 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 That will do it. So so I was spoiled, and I, and I I kind of wish that I could uh, go back in time and have the experience again without the spoiling because I think that. I, I lacked the sense of WTF that that uh, many people watching this episode would have, um, because I knew it was coming. I'd had it was one of those situations where I I was so intensely interested in what the show was actually going to be like, knowing the spoiler, that I had dreams about it. You wow! Know, I I had dreams about fake versions of the show, of like how it how it would get to this reveal. Huh. 
Um, Interesting. Anything cool did, happen it, in those dreams? <laughs> Were they preferable to the thing you saw on screen? No, I, th- I think on screen it got to it pretty well. Um, I liked the lighthouse scenes. Uh, I thought that was kind of appropriately spooky, the way they did that, and that the slow unearthing of it, uh, mm-hmm. of the TARDIS. Well, uh, why don't uh, we take it take it yeah. sort of from the top? So I really yes. liked um, the characters right away, the characters of Ruth and Lee when they're introduced. Mm-hmm. And so like they, they make you like them, right? They're these sort of regular folks. They have this very kind of nice um, banter. Uh, Lee, Lee right off the bat is a little weird. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of know something's up. I, uh, you know, and then the, even the guy in the coffee shop sort of points out he's a little weird. So you know something's going to happen. Um, but he was a very good red herring in that regard. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're kind of not yeah. quite sure what's what's going on with them. You know, something's going on with them. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't even be like focused on them if there wasn't. But you like Ruth right away. Yeah. And uh, who doesn't sympathize with with a tour guide? You know, having to ply their trade. Well, and I got to say, I liked that when they switched to the TARDIS crew, they addressed, Mm -hmm. to some extent anyway, exactly what we were sort of complaining about when we were talking about Spyfall, which is that the Doctor has been affected by this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Off screen, she has been stealing away and leaving. Like, even though that they haven't shown that, I think Mm -hmm. that was just kind of written in. I I did like, they're like, okay, she's really, really troubled by this and she actually treats them like she's a bit of a jerk to them for, yeah. for a bit she's like oh you don't know me I'm, I'm thousands of year old or something like that um oh actually no that's later that's what she says later i'm sorry but she does she is kind of like leading up to that a bit here because she's kind of like mm-hmm. saying um uh, you know i go somewhere i'm looking for the master you know you don't know like she's kind of like putting some distance between her and the, the, her companions which I'd, I'd liked. I, I, I really I would love to see more of that, that that almost Capaldi-esque kind of sense of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about you humans. Yeah. And which... like also you just kind of can't understand me ultimately. Yeah. Um, it's it's good. It, it, it was good sort of stuff. This is, you know, so right away, these sort of two sort of tracks, which, you know, are going to uh, come together, have you intrigued, I think. And mm. then it's like the the Jadoon happens, which um, which is okay. I mean, like I'm like okay, great, the Jadoon. I mean, it's not like uh, an A list monster. Um, <laughs> it's you know they're kind of B plus, I guess. B B blah blah. Where would you rank the Jadoon on on the on the Doctor Who grading scale? I'd I'd say they're they're I'd put them at A minus actually. I I quite yeah. like the Jadoon. I like the idea of a galactic police force that's sort of a bit off the books and that they're, they're kind of assholes, you know, well, it's so, but here's the thing I got to say, they, they weren't really portrayed as assholes as much last time. Like they're major mm. assholes this time. And mm-hmm. I think, I think this might be, I might be reading a little too much into it, but it might be a bit of an indication of, you know, the, the progressive bent in Dr. Who mm. and sort of the, the, uh, the, um, you know how the how the police are sometimes portrayed or or criticized, and and not that that mm-hmm. criticism is uh, illegitimate, but I think maybe that's there's a little bit of that going on in terms of portraying them because the last time we saw them, I felt like the Jadoon, I I thought they were kind of goofy in a, a fun way. Uh, I really liked mm. when they're like, okay, we're tough, we're transporting this thing to the moon, but we're accidentally suffocating people. And we we don't really know we're doing that because we're kind of dumb. 
And then they <laughs> they um, were cataloging everyone, right? And they did a little more of that this time, which which was kind of funny last time because they would just go, "Oh, you're human," and they they take a felt pen and literally mm. like, "Okay, X on the back of your hand," which was just <laughs> I thought was hilariously low tech the last yeah. time. So there was there's kind of a, a bit of a goofiness to them. And this time that was um, that was Smith and Jones, right? The, the Smith first and Jones, entry. right? And then this time they're just kind of mean. I mean, there's a little mm. bit of that goofiness. And then, but, you know, there's the nice old lady who come, tries to run away and they vaporize her and the guy in the coffee shop and they vaporize him. And even, by the way, his reaction was completely contrived. Like, he's kind of like, oh, these space aliens are bullying me around. <laughs> and he pushes one of them. And it's like, well, what? Like, I'm not yes. that obviously like, OK, the, the vaporizing him is way over the top, but no one would do that. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't a fan of that part. I wasn't a fan of uh, killing the old lady with the knitting. Um, I, I know that the Doctor Who just sort of has to rack up a body count. It's kind of in its contract uh, that people die in every episode except the, you know, uh, the Doctor dances, right? The only one where nobody dies. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, and it, well, here's the thing. I don't think the story changes much at all mm. if... They don't do that. Um, yeah. There might be, there's a little something at the end. You're, you're kind of quite not sure what the Jadoon threat has escalated to now when, when they're dishonored, you know, mm -hmm. and you're, you might think this is another sort of like 11th hour thing where they're just going to vaporize the planet, which which doesn't really happen. Um, but yeah, I just I just feel like they, they kind of got the, turned the Jadoon into these sort of mean mercenaries and arguably, you know, it could be just this this group of Jadoon, which seems to be what mm. they were saying. But uh, I didn't like just how they were sort of portrayed and, and made, you know, set, said to be cops. But these are kind of mean sort of mercenary-esque cops. I, I, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Can, can I ask you a, a tangential question uh, related to the the scene that you get of, you know, the, the doctor, I think, is looking down on the planet and we, she sees that the... Or maybe the Jadoon is looking down the planet, and we zoom in on on the UK, right? And we zoom in on Gloucester, right? Because um, it's always there. Because it's, <laughs> it's always, always the UK. There. And it just—I mean, I know that as a Brit watching American science fiction shows that would zoom in on the US, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like I, that that's a trope, right? I've seen that many right. times. But how does does it feel a bit weird as a as a North American uh, watching that? Uh, to see the the aliens and the doctor's constant, you know, weird focus on the UK. Yeah, a little. Mm. <laughs> I'll admit it is a little <laughs> weird, but I mean, it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of like okay, of course they are, you know, and and like in in this case, you know, you could argue it's like the doctor's kind of associated with the UK, and mm. you know, it's still the same problem, but right. it's. It's like they're just following him, right? So, yeah. or her, as it as or the case her. may be. Indeed. Um, or her and her. But yeah, it's a little weird. I think it's probably akin to what people in the rest of the world wonder why aliens always want to destroy U.S. landmarks like the Empire State <laughs> Building and the White House and uh, you know the Grand Canyon and Mount Rushmore and stuff. Uh, you know, yeah, it's like Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Uh, but I gotta say, uh, Gloucester. I mean, you know, hey, let's let's do a new thing. We've done Cardiff. We've done uh, Ledworth or whatever wherever Amy was from. I don't know if that's a real town, but uh, let's do this. Let's do this other town, um, mm. which of course is a real yeah. town. Yeah, it's um, nice to nice to take it out of London for once. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like it's become that's a little enough. too London centric. 
So one other, I got to say, one. I want to move on from the Jadun in a second, but one other minor point I got to bring up, and this is, it's kind of a major point, but it's 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 really a super nerdy, concerned with Doctor Who continuity point, which Love is those. that are are aliens now public in Doctor Who? I don't know. Like they keep mm. going back and forth with this, right? Because like. You know, famously way back in the Christmas invasion, that was like, oh, everything changed. But then they kind of rebooted things, or at least Moffat, who would reboot. Basically, Moffat did whatever the frick he wanted in every episode. <laughs> so sometimes they were sort of uh, public and sometimes they weren't. Um, so I, I just kind of want some clarity, right? Like, because the Jadoons yeah. start marching around and some people seem to be reacting like, ah, aliens. And, and, uh, and but if, you also if this think, were a like, Russell T. Davies episode, by the way, he would then come to a BBC report. Right, you know, we'd, yeah. We'd come to BBC News <laughs> saying, aliens have landed and, in and, Gloucester. And some American, uh, some American broadcaster, <laughs> it was that, that, that one woman who was in every broadcast. Um, yes. Yeah, that would definitely happen. Um, so I just, yeah, I, I, but at least that would give you some clarity, right? It would give you some mm. sort of verisimilitude and some, some sense of the stakes of, of when aliens show up. And now it's like... Oh, aliens are here, and no big. You know, we had Cybermen running around London a couple of years ago, so whatevs. Um, <laughs> did I did I mishear the dialogue, by the way, or did the Doctor really say Jadoon Platoon near the moon? Yeah, in a, in a very tortured attempt to echo Jadoon <laughs> Platoon on the moon from from Smith and Jones. Yeah, I, I did. Yes, yes. I I, I <laughs> gotta was... say, I'm so lame because I loved that <laughs> the first time, <laughs> the second time. And even the third time when they said the, the lagoon, which like, that's more of a canal. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's funny. It's like, okay, yeah. this is pretty good. But again, it's it, contrast that with the Jadun just killing people. Like, well, what am I supposed to be doing here? Am I mm. supposed to be laughing? Is it, is it sinister? I don't, you know, the tone was a little uneven. Yeah, Speaking of uneven, right around this point, we get uh, uh, out of nowhere teleport and Graham gets beamed on a ship mm. piloted by none other than our favorite captain, Jack Harkness. And <laughs> I got to say, you know, I was right with everybody. Love Jack. I mean, and love seeing him again. You know, it was just one of those like, oh yeah, he's back. He's awesome. Great. And he's, you know, he's, he's maximum Jack, right? Like he's, he's the yeah. same old guy, you know, it's like, you know, putting on an old coat. And it's very Jack. It was surprising to see him assume that Graham was the Doctor. I mean, that's that's an obvious joke, uh, and I, I feel like they've they've done that sort of joke too many times. It's a little bit um, uh, yeah. Husbands of River Song kind of a joke, um, and it just it doesn't strike me as something Captain Jack would do. It's, you know, he's it's a yeah. I I I'd say, I it worked for me. I, I would say that. Upon reflection, you're like, why would you even do that, right? Like, mm. you know, you go, you are the doctor, right? Okay, did I get it right? You know, you'd kind of like check your work, whereas mm. he just kind of assumes for the joke that he is. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not sort of party to Captain Jack's proclivities, and, you know, we all know that he will he will chase just about anything that moves. But of the entire TARDIS team, uh, possibly since the since the 2005 reboot, uh, I think Graham is probably the one he would go for the least. <laughs> you know, he's least interested in this guy, so it's kind of weird that that he picked him up. I don't know. I uh, think Graham's kind of handsome. All right, he's got <laughs> he's, clearly clearly carries a comb. You know, 
He certainly does. I mean, maybe it's just that sort of, you know, <laughs> I, I've been in so many kind of working men's clubs and pubs <laughs> and, and seen men who comb their hair exactly like that. It's a very 50s style. It's very redolent of old Britain. So maybe I, I just have a personal aversion to that. But um, but yeah, that was a little bit. So I'll, I'll tell you my, my number one problem with bringing Captain Jack back. And the reason that I was sort of wincing all the way through it is that he is still supposed to be immortal. Right. He is still a fixed point in time. That's correct. And that's why I felt like it was a good thing to have him walk away at the end of uh, Last of the Time Lords and the last you last you see of him, the last you sort of think of him is that he is going to one day transform into the face of Bo somehow. Well, he he, so. he came back for two seconds in, what was it, the end of time? Oh, yes. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he was dating Alonzo for a minute. Yeah, and um, he was uh, he was in Torchwood for like ever. He was, um, but then that that all. I mean, when when was the last Torchwood? Let's see, twenty twelve. I want to say twenty twelve. So I felt like twenty eleven. Still get away with that, but this Captain Jack is clearly older. Yes, you know they they haven't invested in any of the uh, Martin Scorsese de aging technology. Um, yeah, it's it's always been really unclear about that because. He he did say in like Last of the Time Lords, like I'm still aging, but I'm a fixed point in time. And then you you sort of get the sense, oh, he's just that's how he turns into the face of Bo, right? He just gets older right. and older, but stays alive. But then Lowly you know they they older. sort of semi retcon that with Torchwood, where he he jumps around and he ages at one point like another hundred years or something by living through the 20th century again, mm. and he's still Jack. So yeah. yeah, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too with him. Yeah, they. they, they I, I, I don't want to take out. anything away. By the way, I don't want to take anything away from John Barrowman, who looks fantastic. Oh, I of mean, course, great yeah. job, John. In you know, as as far as he's concerned, he's he gets a plus for trying to still look like the, the Captain Jack of old. Yeah, yeah. So my only issue with all the Captain Jack stuff in this episode um, is that it has nothing to do with the story, like. <laughs> Minor issue, yes. Yeah, it's it's like well, what it? I I think it's kind of cool that he doesn't meet her. I think all that stuff is cool, but he all he does is beam the companions out mm. and talk to them and and be you know handsome and fun while doing some sci-fi stuff with a console, and and then he conveys that sort of <laughs> foreshadowing line about the Cyberman uh, for for the season finale. So. That's fine. It's just like it's so clumsy. And I will say yeah. this because late, like I gotta say, I really liked a lot of what Whitaker was doing when they were cutting to her and, and her scenes. Um, and it honestly, to me, it 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 showed the weakness of the current format because basically, mm. for Whitaker to shine to have a really good sort of uh, second half of the episode, we had to get rid of all the companions. Yep. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, it was a perfect illustration of what you were talking about the last time, um, that the three companions, especially in the, in this situation for this Doctor, is just too much. And I, I will say that I did like them in moments. I, the, um, when the Doctor was negotiating with the Jadoon to mm. sort of go in and, and deal with uh, uh, Ruth and, and Lee, I was like, uh, she was very Doctorish. I, I loved her dialogue and just going like, you know, I've got the psychic paper and I'm this and we need 10 minutes and the 
Jadun's like five, and she's like, you know, well, give me seven. No, he's like four. <laughs> no, 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 I'll take five. You know, like. And, yes, got, better better take the lift. That was. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was. There it was, was some nice sparkling dialogue in this. And and Graham and Yaz and that, or no, it wasn't Graham. It was Ryan and Yaz, um, both very good, sort of helping out. Uh, but then they go away, and you're you're kind of happy because <laughs> yeah. they're like, okay, now the Doctor and Ruth are alone together. And there, there's a lot of sort of back and forth. There's moments that you, you know, you talked about the lighthouse. It, it's very creepy because mm. it is just the two of them. Like the doctor actually fe- it feels like she's in danger. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, that was, was really good. Uh, I, one of the things I liked um, about their dialogue after the reveal is that all of a sudden it becomes like the classic two doctors meeting in a two plus doctors episode right where they're they're kind of kind of snarky with each other yeah yeah in in that classic doctor two and doctor three way uh from the three doctors you know yeah the Um, doctor the doctor gets a little peeved with himself often (laughs) or herself or you know just just doesn't like sharing the the oxygen you know it almost becomes like a presidential debate you know yeah when when ruth was was was, when Ruth was a mystery to be solved, then the Doctor's super intrigued in her. Uh, but as soon as Ruth becomes another Doctor, there's that sense of like, no, this is, I am the only Doctor in the village. Yeah. I got to say, yeah. okay, so we, we, we're talking about it. Let's talk about the reveal. And yeah. so the moment in the chameleon arch, and I I, I was kind of guessing that. So here's the thing. I, I, mm. I did not go in spoiled. All The only tease mm-hmm. I had was something on Instagram that was along the lines of you thought Spyfall or you thought the master reveal was big. Wait, do you see tonight's episode? And I was like, okay, all right. All right. Instagram. Um, <laughs> Don't oversell it. Instagram. But you know, I had my brain working throughout and I was like, mm. well, who is she? Maybe she's another time Lord. Maybe there's something going on here with uh, the whole destruction of Gallifrey, which I think there is, but um, the doctor thing was like, Oh, what? You know, like that was very like, okay. Like, and, I, I kind of put it together like the moment it was like a TARDIS. She saw that mm-hmm. this was the TARDIS. Uh, like, huh? It's like, oh, 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 oh. Like, how does how does that work? And <laughs> could it be? I'm just such a nerd, a full on Doctor Who like encyclopedia that I, I my my mind immediately went to the brain of Morbius. Now, if you're <laughs> unfamiliar, I, I I'm not sure if you ever saw it. But it's it's it, it's an old school Fourth Doctor episode, and it's about this Time Lord. Anyway, long story short, this this evil Time Lord and the Doctor get into a mind fight with some machine, and on the machine, you he's basically uh, they're kind of going back in time. They're showing you know he's, it's it's obviously Tom Baker's fighting with this guy, and they show a picture of John Pertwee and Patrick Troughton and William Hartnell, and then Morbius is taunting him, and he keeps saying like, you know. How old are you, Doctor? How long have you lived? Back to your beginning. And they show more faces. Mm. You know, and it's, there's, there's like another face. And they're, they're all these just guys, right? And so, you know, famously, the production crew of that episode, they, they freely admitted they were trying to imply there were other Doctors before right. the first Doctor. And they just used some, like, backroom guys who were, like, you know, producers or APs and stuff. Uh, yes, yes, I, I love that. So, so Brain of Morbius is a weird one for me because it's one of those episodes that I feel like I, I know the main points of it, and especially this, which is sort of 
the main reason it's still famous today uh, without ever having actually sat down and watched any of the episodes. And maybe we could do this in a future uh, future edition of Pull to Open. But um, I remember Brandon Morbius being kind of cool. And I remember yeah. uh, it is a fine example of, of Doctor Companion uh, appeal with him and Sarah. Like it's, it's textbook Doctor Sarah Jane. Mm. Uh, which what one of the things that makes it so great. But anyway, back to sort is, of the, is the, the is the sisterhood of Khan in that one or is that yes, yes. first appearance of the sister of Khan too. Yes. A lot of fan theories around that. So in this case, like I was like, okay, so you know, uh she she's probably an earlier incarnation of the doctor for that for some reason we don't know. Um and then the TARDIS interior, her TARDIS interior seems to confirm that, right? Because mm. it's like, it looks much more like the Hartnell version with the roundels and the old school console. Um, but now I'm sort of like, okay, <clears throat> now that I've seen the, like, I, I mean, it's it's almost too obvious, you know? Like, I feel like, huh. And and is if she is from this earlier sort of generation of doctors, maybe there was like a whole regeneration cycle she doesn't remember um of course there were no women on the screen mm-hmm. back in brain of morbius i mean they didn't show that many of them and who you know there there's there probably were some off-screen doctors we didn't see um you know assuming this is even right right like i feel like all mm. of this is probably some kind of mislead because uh why don't you i know you are much more familiar with all the fan theories so this is this is really just one of them uh yeah. what are people saying and what's your take so uh, yeah, I've, I've watched a number of videos on this and I've, I've done some obviously serious thinking. I mean, but first of all, can I just pause to say how great it is that we, that the words fan theory and Doctor Who are aligned once again. <laughs> um, it's been a while. Uh, I, I, I think, so the last time the show successfully did this was, uh, was the whole question of why does Peter Capaldi have the face that he has? Why does he have the face right. of, uh, the, the guy from, uh, Pompeii, um, which was I kind of re- think was revealed a little too early and a little too, you know, the, the the result was a bit disappointing. But this has got everyone's brains working on overdrive, um, and the uh, as far as I can tell, fandom has sort of discounted the pre-William Hartnell theory, right? Because it's a it's a TARDIS in the shape of a police box from Totters Lane. You know, it's so it has to well here uh, counterpoint let me just counterpoint mm-hmm. did they ever actually explicitly say the tardis got jammed in totter's lane i'm not I mean, sure the, if they did they did not the doctor does lie right um and we saw in in name of the doctor the very beginning of name of the doctor we see william hartnell as he's about to steal the tardis and oh. and clara um says oh, oh no take this one it's you know the drive's busted but it's it's much better ride or whatever it is she says um but it wasn't a I'm police not, box then it was still it a wasn't capsule. a police box so that does suggest the accuracy of of what the doctor was saying um yeah so the, right 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 so yeah, yeah. But maybe there's something else going on. Uh, theory number two is uh, is Doctor number two. Theory number two is that we are post war games. Gotcha. Um, because we never saw uh, Patrick Troughton turn into John Pertwee. Right. There may be some in betweeniness. 
Um, the problem with that theory is when we first see John Pertwee, he's wearing uh, Troughton's clothes. Right. And um, you, you then we're also miscounting regenerations again. Yeah, yeah. So that's... I, I feel like people one. are sort of landing on it not being inside the usual regeneration cycle, and they're leaning more towards a Valyard-like explanation. Well, yeah, her behavior would might support that because she's clearly mm-hmm. like more violent, more prone to um, you know duplicity, and yep. you know Carrying she's kind of generally more of a badass, you know, like. Mm. Um, not that the doctor has never done those things, but there's usually, um, some, some very extreme circumstances as with sort of the ninth doctor and the time war and stuff. So not a bad theory. Um, has anyone, I I think, has anyone floated the whole parallel universe doctor theory? Yes, but, uh, Chris Chibnall seems to have explicitly ruled that out in, in an interview. It does. Uh, It would seem like a bit of a cop out. Yeah. Because then it's like you could have any number of doctors at any time come in from a parallel universe just for the hell of it, which is like it's been brought up in various places, particularly the novels. Um, but it gets a little like it's it, it feels a little bit like a cop out. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, so maybe, maybe not parallel universe, but maybe parallel like genetic line of the doctor. Uh, maybe this is what. The master was referring to is like you know when you see what they did to us i think was was what he said yeah well that's the thing i mean it's it's all it's all connected right it must be mm-hmm. um so you know and I, here's the thing what i taking a step back this is why i like the episode because it has me interested and has me talking about it with with you and just generally like much more than spyfall did mm. um so where you know i still think Chibnall has a lot to earn in terms of, you know, adding to to the Doctor Who uh, mythos. I think as this is has me much more interested than what he was sort of doing before, which which seemed a little almost like I don't know, like uh, drama porn or destruction porn, like this kind of mm. like let's wreck Gallifrey again, haha. You know, Agreed. so this is this is this is much more interesting. Yeah, and if it, it sort of suggests, uh, and maybe this is sort of too much fan theorizing, but I mean, if if Chibnall can actually tie together, like, let, let's say, for example, that this is, uh, they uh, tap the doctor's genetic code, or so, they cloned the doctor in some way, maybe after war games. Let's say it's that. It's probably not that, but let's say it's that. If he's able to take that, you know, thing that was not resolved for the entire uh, length of the series since 1969 and then add in an explanation for the Valyard and even, you know, bonus points if he could do this, an explanation for the Watcher in Legopolis. Like, (laughs) it it feels like this is a rich, this is rich and fertile soil for a showrunner to present us with a story that actually ties in stuff from across the entire history of the show across six decades uh and if if he can do that if he can successfully pull that off and if that is what he is intending to do then i will i will be giving him a standing ovation uh yeah, so, unless i fear not <laughs> so yeah that's um 
That's ultimately why, like, I think I, I like the show. Like, it's, I, it, this episode, anyway, it sort of got mm. me interested again in sort of how everything sort of plays out. Um, it's nice to know that there's there's a Cyberman sort of thing coming. Um, it was it was interesting what he's doing there too. And again, I'm not sure how much he's sort of explicitly trying to uh, create a continuity with mm. the Cybermen or something new. Uh, I feel like, again, this is a big weakness of, of Moffat was it was all over the map. He had he had no respect for continuity, just threw everything out. Certainly not with the Doctor, but never with the monsters. Like, they, he rebooted the mm. Daleks constantly. The Cybermen were, like, you know, super boobs in one episode and super formidable in another. Um, like, if if I if he's doing something here where it's like because he talks not just about oh beware the lone cyberman there's like there's an empire they were an empire in ruins brought down to nothing they talk about and you know mm. they, Jack even refers to some alliance and it's all very good and I I had Moffat done that it, like meaningless meaningless right like who cares mm. see he's just saying this stuff for the episode because he thought it sounded cool whereas with Chibnall. I have a little more of an open door of like, okay, maybe he's going to do something with that and actually stick to it. And it's not just sort of window dressing for, for lines for Jack to say. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know if the finale of a series has ever been uh, foreshadowed in quite in the same way with the, the, the lone Cyberman thing. Um, I mean, there've been many instances of we're, we're leading up to the finale and, you know, Jigsaw pieces are falling into place. That's sort of a feature of, of New Who, but not not to the point of explicitly calling out a monster that's going to be in the finale. Yeah, and it's one of those things, I think, sort of also acknowledging, like, just the way things are made today. I mean, we of course we know the Cybermen are coming back, and everything's mm. lit, and they, they teased it even in the, the season teaser, so there's no reason to, like, keep it a secret. I mean, right, you so... Ever could. Yeah, um, turn that into lemonade. Yeah. This is, uh, it's a great example of that. So back to some of the episode stuff. What did you What did you think of Gat? Gat, yeah, not not really in it enough to be interesting. I think. Uh, Agreed. Um, again, like I was, I, I I found what she was saying more interesting than her. Uh, mm. I thought it was actually very clever when she she said just in terms of the episode, where she's like, "Do I have to spell it out for you?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, kind of." <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, like I'm still not following. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It, it it is it is a little difficult because you know the there are two doctors in that scene, and that, as you say, sucks all the oxygen out of the room. Uh, so Gat didn't have a lot of work, lot to work with, and we're still sort of figuring out what's going on. We're still thinking about that TARDIS. Uh, we're trying to figure out. Wait, what? The they're all Gallifreyan. What? What is? What is going on? So, she as a, as a character just doesn't really have a have any room in there to breathe. Well, yeah. Um, and then you know she vaporizes herself, which you saw coming mm-hmm. a mile away, which uh, could have been better. Um, so, but it it it's. I don't know. It's 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 still giving me hope about like where this whole thing is going with respect to Gallifrey. Um, mm. You know, here's here's a detail I, I got to say I, I hated about the episode. I hate that everyone was teleporting all over the place all the time. They've really <laughs> got to cool it on the teleporting. I mean, it's it's like it was worse than Star Trek. Like, yep. stop it. Like that is such. Uh, 
because it, it actually makes you think, well, why don't they just teleport all the time? You know, why 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 isn't yeah. everyone just beaming whatever they want right where they want it to be, uh, whenever? Um, you know, yeah, I, I would be happy with a full on teleportation ban in in all science fiction. Agreed. You know, we we now know that it, it would just it would just create a copy of you. You'd have to kill the original copy. It brings up too many questions. Just just don't use it. It's too too easy a device. Yeah, way too easy and lame and uh, yeah, mm. just stop it. I totally agree. fails to suspend disbelief at all uh, in this modern era. Um, and then there's the the sort of the the closer on the episode, the button where she's kind of with the companions and uh, again, I I liked the the powerfulness of that scene. And I think Whitaker, Whitaker, I got to say, like, this is probably the best she's been. I, I, I really liked her dialogue. I really liked her. Um, there's a line she says to Ruth when she's still Ruth, you know, I've never been a fan of growing up, which I thought was like, mm. um, just a nice line. Very doctorish again. Very and then, doctorish. And then her, her thing at the end, like there's a couple beats. There's there's the bit where she's she's mean to the companions, but then is sort of won, won over by them, mm. um, and they they're great in their like pledging their loyalty to her. But again, I, I start. <laughs> you know, I, I love the Cybermen. I, I just love that they're given some respect, even though they don't appear. Like she's when they tell her about Jack's warning, she they ask her who what the Cybermen are, and and she she gives them a lot of credit. Like she's like mm. they're they're terrifying, and you know they're they're up there with the Daleks, and they're they're always somewhere, you know, somewhere waiting. You know, like she's like she's clearly like affected by them in in ways like a, a formidable villain and monster should affect her. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's sort of setting the scene of like uh, <laughs> the Cybermen, as in not the uh, weird Mondos versions that we last saw, right? Uh, in uh, Twice Upon a Time. Or just the the you know occasionally boobish falling apart from a punch <laughs> like mm. Cybermen, which were kind of here and there in the Moffat era and other eras. It's just like you know if these are a list villains, um, people should act like it. And I feel feel like the Daleks usually have that, and Davies certainly mm. established that. Um, the Cybermen sometimes get a little the, the short trip, so I, I I was happy to see them uh, given the respect they're due. My problem with the end of the episode, and 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 maybe you can can help me recap exactly what happens here. But Ruth does dismiss the Doctor awfully quickly. Uh, there's a bit, you know, there's a moment of get off my ship. There's, you know, I'm just going to drop you back. The 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 incuriosity on her part is very weird. Agreed. Because that's the one thing that we know about the Doctor is that he stroke she is always curious about things and for her to not be uh, curious about what appears to be a future version of herself I, I feel like that could have been like i get it okay you're not going to bring her back in the next episode but it could have been dealt with a little bit more believably yeah i mean there's no reason for there to run off like 100 percent. Mm. there's a massive mystery that the two of them need to solve and they just don't yeah they're just like oh well well, this, is this weird. date didn't work out. <laughs> well, we both lived, and the bad guys died. So, yes, what swipe else? left on that, Doctor. Yeah, yeah, not <laughs> not very well thought out. So, you know, again, I think there was a lot to like about this episode. I, I on the whole, thought it really delivered. Um, big flaws with with uh, the Jack bits, the teleporting, what we what we were just talking about. 
Mm. Uh, but it's you know it's it's more than any other episode. It's probably my favorite Jodie Whittaker episode. Um, I, I'm really pleased to hear you say that because it is um, it, it's giving me a new light in which to see this particular episode, and I think I see it more positively than when we when we started talking. So, well, <laughs> my my duty here is done. I'd better <laughs> I better stop talking lest I screw it up. And you guys out there better stop listening lest you uh, keep listening to the next episode, which is probably what your podcast app is going to do if you just keep it running. But, you know, the other episodes are great. So why don't you just go on, go on, just keep listening. Um, And if you found this some other way, go ahead and find us on a podcast app. Uh, I don't know how you do that. Maybe on social, if we start sharing this stuff on social. Mm. And, um, you know, please like and subscribe and all that jazz. Mash that like and subscribe button. Do it. All right. Shall we? Right. Shall we say how we could be found? Uh, we can be found. Where can we be found? Well, where can you be found? <laughs> I can always be found at Future Boy on Twitter. That's that's probably where I spend like ninety percent of my day. And I'm Pete Paschal. That's P A C H A L on Twitter. Um, and you know, usually found in a lagoon with a spoon, <laughs> thinking about the jadoon. <laughs> And all that stuff. Oh my! I I do hope the Juno can come back someday so that we can uh, we can keep this thing going. They, they need to be redeemed, man. Uh, they were too mean. They were just too mean. <laughs> all right, sir. What do you think we should talk about next time? Should we tease it? Uh, well, I've been wanting to talk about um, Day of the Doctor for some so time. That, well, yeah. Well, we might save that because we, I we, think we could do that. Depending on how much time we have <laughs> over the next little while, I really mm. want to see how this season ends. And I, you know, I know the Cybermen are back. Mm. So why don't we, uh, why don't we promise to come back when we, when we've seen the Cybermen episode? That's an excellent idea. And we can maybe watch some other, uh, Cybermen episodes in the meantime. Maybe you, you can curate for us your, your favorite Cybermen. Ooh, I like that. Awesome. Yes. All right. Looking forward Love to it. it.